What's going on, everybody? My name is Britt Jones, and you're listening to Throwback Country Music Podcast. This is a special bonus episode, a bonus episode that features pro wrestling legends of the squared circle. So today's guest, you might know him as Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, Sid Justice, or just Sid. But here's the deal. He was a monster back in the day, and his interview with me went so good. He's got some great things coming up, a brand new podcast called The Vicious Circle that will be coming coming out very soon, so be on the lookout for that, and a brand new book. So without further ado, check it out. Well, hey, everybody. It's such a cool day today here in Georgia, and we are so excited to be bringing on a larger-than-life uh, persona in the wrestling business. Many of you uh, know him by the name Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, Sid Justice. It's the one and only Sid Edie. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for, thanks for you guys having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, I'm, I'm really excited because uh, we get to start hearing a brand new podcast that you are have already started uh, working on, and it's called The Vicious Circle. Man, tell me how in the world... Uh, you got to that point where you wanted to start your own show. Well, uh, friends of mine, one is Barry uh, Norman, one of my best friends. And then me and him been talking about it on and off for a year or so. And then um, we just, you know, not knowing a lot about it, uh, we just, it, it, we just, you know, sort of left it on the back burner. And then when we got to thinking about it, then me and him were writing a book, and then we said, well, that'd be a great way to promote it. And then we started looking into some of these podcasts, and some of them were just, uh, some of them were good. I've got the chance to do some great ones with Rebecca and a couple of guys from Poughkeepsie. I've done so many of the last couple of weeks, can't remember everyone's name. Right. Uh, but then I met uh, Rob Bellamy, who's, uh, he does podcasts, he's from Canada. He goes down here himself with his own equipment, and we did the four, first four episodes. And uh, it just came across real well. At first, I was a little nervous when it how it sound. I've heard a couple of people's podcasts before, and they—I don't know—is um, I'm still learning it, so it's always and it's new to you know. Sure. So anything new, and I don't care how tough you think you are. Anything new is always you're a little bit scared going into it, you know. No doubt. Uh, and you, and it's, but uh, so far it has been a whole lot of fun. Awesome. So uh, just right now, like um, uh, easy to say, I'm just getting my feet wet. Yeah. And uh, um, we, uh, uh, Rob Bellamy and Steve Joyner and Dave Norman have got a great team around me. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get, we're not doing them too long. We want to try to keep them to the point. Yeah. We want to bring some realistic, uh, some realism back to, uh, anytime we can bring realism back to the business is great. And podcasts and internet and all this stuff is a, is a great tool, but if it's used the wrong way, it, it, it really, is a bad tool. Sure. So we're going to, uh, not that ours is going to be a, the best tool in the world, or we're the smartest tool in the box, but we're going to try to keep it within reason. We're going to try not to uh, say things we don't know. If we don't know, we're going to say we don't know. Right. And if we can cl- clear up a few things, and some of them are just simple things, you know, like I talked to these two guys on on uh, their podcast, Because in New York, I'm sorry, I can't remember their names, but, um, they didn't know the term uh, "living on the square," and that's an old wrestling term. And yeah, I, I, I stumped everybody with that. And, um, but again, just you know, bringing up 
people that you know, like those guys that didn't know some of the wrestling terms, and here they are doing a wrestling podcast. Wow! So <laughs> I, I tell you, it's not insulting, but it is sort of weird that you have a show about wrestling and sure. not know the more ins and outs of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I could go on and on. I don't want to waste your time. I kept asking asking them uh, wrestling questions, and it was like. Man, they didn't know it. They didn't know that this was going on or this was going on. It really shocked me. So huh. I, on that point alone, I, I believe we're going to make a big difference and that's bringing some awareness sure. to some of the wrestling fans. Um, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll at least do that much. And then we're going to bring, you know, some things. Um, you know, again, we're going to promote the book, um, Poetry in the Sand. That's about my about my that's my book Barry Norman's writing for me mm. and uh, actually Barry will be here in a couple of weeks and uh, we're going to start the first of it but uh, just anything we can do like that I like talking about my radio station I'm, I will I really like here in Memphis called W-E-V-L uh, it's in Memphis and we it stands for We Volunteer there's no commercials it's um, privately owned it's got different genres of music every two or three hours and, uh, yesterday was Bachelor Bob at the Short of Country Hour from 10 to 2. Oh, yeah. He's been, he's been dead for like seven years, but they still air him because he's so popular. He tells that, you know, there's no commercial he'll say, hey, you know, this, this is the time for the box turtle. You know, get that, get out, look that turtle across the road, you know. <laughs> we'll tell you how to make a home for a toad or, you know, leave cats in, they get hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, little things like that. Then there's that guy that comes on Friday night. Friday night, and it's called Captain Pete's Blues Cruise. And he's been dead for 27 years, but they still air him every Friday night from 9 to midnight. That's, they go that's awesome. Air. And it's really strange, too. It's like uh, the, guy, the guy that comes on before him is named Lonnie. He plays Rockabilly. You uh-huh. know, like Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 listen to it. If you guys want to streamline, streamline this, is out of Memphis, it's 89.9. And whatever they're playing, whatever genre it is, it is the best of that genre. So, but he'll say, oh, uh, Captain Peter go, oh, thanks, for, thanks for that. Uh, great, great. Rockabilly tonight. But it's, uh, it's 9.15 right now. We're going to go into some, uh, you know, some Highland Wolf. And you keep watching, it's 9.15. Mm. You know, so mm-hmm. but, but he, he's been dead again for 27 years, but he, it's an educational vehicle, too, to learn about music. He talks about you know, we're not far from Clarksdale, and that's where, you know, the guy did the deal with the devil on the crossroads with the guitar. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he, he gets to talk about, as he was a kid, he got to experience, you know, Highway 61 that comes to here, it goes all the way up to Michigan, Detroit, or Pontiac. It's called the Chilling Highway, and that was where all the blues artists went up and down the highway playing their gigs. And uh, he gets to talk about his memories of seeing all those blues artists pull up cotton trailers, there, you know, down there, downtown Clarksdale, and uh, it just run chills down your arm thinking about, you know, and two, we got, when you listen to something like this, you, you get educated, too, you realize that the, the blues were outlaws, you know, that they were, everybody was a little bit, you know, he, uh, or uh, Captain Pete, he was a kid when this was happening, but he, he remembers how scared he was when Howlin' Wolf and, you know, John Lee Hooker would show up, mm. and that these were, you know, big, imposing figures. And uh, again, you get to listen to it. But again, I like plugging that. Um, and then um, it, I, I like talking about sports sometimes. I'm, I'm pretty good at calling sports. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I call. Go ahead. 
Now, speaking of sports, I was reading some stuff on you today. You're, you're, uh, and I'm not sure if you still are, but you were a huge fan and, and a player in, in softball, correct? Yes, I was at one time here until I broke my leg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I was pretty good. Yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. It, it's it's cool, Sid, because so many people listening, you know, that grew up and, and watching you from the late '80s all into the uh, the '90s. Uh, we we get to see that side of you, or they get to hear about that side of you. That hey, man, he plays softball. He's a he's a family man. He uh, you know does uh, he has his own lawn care uh, business, and I just think it's cool to see how personal that you really are, you know, because right, of, you right. know, and we love the character. You know, I, I liked you as a heel the best. That was my Me favorite. Too. So you like the heel better than the face? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was curious about that. I figured you did. Um, but uh, so as far as your podcast goes, Sid, do, is it going to be in the next few weeks or do we have to wait a little well, longer? We're, we're hoping it's going to be Sunday, Monday. Oh, cool. Cool. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're shooting for that. Now, me and Barry will be listening to this. You know, uh, Steve Joyner is saying the moral day. Me and Barry will be a little more reserved. We like the things going to kick off by then, but there's just like right now, there's a little, uh, with the intro of the show, I'm unhappy about one thing. It's just my interview. When we sit here Saturday, uh, me and John, I can't remember his buddy's name, that helped us mm-hmm. do all the studio stuff. When it got down to the end of it, they wanted me to do this 15, 20 little second sound bite. I mean, I couldn't do it. If you ever done interviews a lot, yeah. sometimes you get a little bit of brain freeze. No doubt. And I could not come out of it. Uh-huh. So we're going to fix that. I would put out something I'm not comfortable with. Sure. So we're going to fix that. And then we might, uh, you know, you know, work on a couple other things. You know, uh, me and Barry are ones that really making the final decisions. You know, we both, Barry is a perfectionist. I am too. We don't want anything out there that we think that would show a negative light on anything. Yeah. Not just us or anything we're talking about. You know, we, we're going to be real careful about things like that. Sure. You know, I don't want to bury people and stuff like that. Now, you know. Now, Barry, hey, was he at one time working for uh, – WCW, or is that the wrong? Yeah, he, he went to WCW back from the beginning days of Jim Hurd okay. uh, all the way to the end. And he told a story on one podcast of what it was. He was working for um, one of the companies in Turner Network, and then uh, he saw where this job came available, and mm-hmm. he was the only one applied for it. And he, you know, Barry's love was uh, always you know, making film or getting into you know, things like that. And yeah. I think, I think he was on the other side of sports. For coming, so wrestling gave him a chance to do that, where he could, you know, do a, be a publicist, and then he found people in movies and commercials, and yeah. and that's no, that's Barry's passion, and Barry's real passion is making film, mm. uh, which he made a good one. He did an independent film, one called Deadbeats. It had uh, the lady in it that uh, the main star in Walking Dead. Ah, oh. what's her name? Uh, it's on. I, I know it and. Because they film it right down here in Atlanta. Um, oh, what's her name? Anyway, yeah, I know exactly. I see her. I see her face. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He casted her in that, and he's uh, one uh, best independent film in the, in, the, in the independent film New York Film Festival. Oh, wow. Actually, I was also in the film with him. It was his film. We did it in Rome, Georgia. It was completely improv, which was really cool. And, um, Again, he's, he's just a really smart guy. A lot of fun 
we do a lot of things together. Yeah. And we've been talking about this book for a while. And uh, we finally, you know, got done where we got time both to you know, sit down and do it. So he's going to come here probably in the next two weeks. And now uh, we're going to uh, relive everything that I did as a childhood. Yeah. And then <clears throat> tie that into my wrestling career. And I, I mean, of all the things I've done in my life, I won't go into all of them. I think this book is going to be a really good book. That's, I'm I've excited. Heard about, I've heard about other people's books, but I think this is going to be a little bit different. So, uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, man. I, the, you know, I've read a lot of wrestling books, and some are hit or miss, Sid. Like, some are great, and some are just, I, I don't get it, you know? Well, I think, for me, too, I think most of them, from my understanding, this your typical wrestling book while, you know, I was on the road making $20 a night and blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and living out of my vehicle, which we all did that. I don't think I ever lived out of my vehicle, but um, I don't have tough times, but the thing about me different than other wrestlers, I didn't grow up a wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so my, my whole beginning in my book is going to be totally different. I'm going to have a probably a large crossover audience because the things I did as a kid, and I'm not, uh, I'll just give you a real quick rundown. You know, the first part of the, you know, when I was a really young kid, say, from the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, up to the, say, seventh, eighth grade, <clears throat> you know, me and my best friend, Mitchell, and a few other friends would tag along with us sometimes, but we'd leave our house every morning on 3, 3.30 with a, a shotgun or a fishing pole, and we'd hunt or fish ourselves all the way to Mississippi River back then. It was about 20 miles one way. Wow. You know? And so, but again, you know, that's when that movie like Stand By Me. And uh-huh. as I got older, in the hot rods and things like that, it was almost like American graffiti. And we did a lot of pranking as kids too. And there's going to be there's a lot of funny stuff. And a lot of funny things about me as a kid. I was one of those kids that like, give me a rock. He's like, "Hey man, throw this rock to that car," and I, and I would, you know, just uh-huh. stupid stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's going to be interesting. It'll be totally different than your typical other wrestling book. And then how it got into it. And and my, really, my my view of my wrestling career is I conquered wrestling pretty pretty much. And I did some things that a lot of people couldn't do. And, yeah. and I, I did them pretty good. So that right there, I think, is going to make for a really good book. And then also the fans going to get to see wrestling for a different side of it other mm-hmm. than, you know, I went to the ring and it was sold out and I was people were cheering me and, it's not going to be that kind of book. Yeah. Are we going to learn something, uh, a few things about you that I bet we didn't know as fans, right? Yeah, you were definitely going to know that. You're going to learn some things like that, you know, for sure. What I also mean, Barry, to talk about, we want, uh, we'd like for the wrestling fan to almost feel like they've been in a locker room. Mm, you know, I like um, that. To, you know, and the thing to do that, you have to, you know, you have to really tell a good story. And sure. Barry's great at writing it great at uh, you know making things you know sound just like they are and, and um so i want people to know that, that mm-hmm. and you know, how the locker room is it's not what everybody thinks it is and um you know and then you know not that i ever saw much of the political side of business but there was a political side oh yeah and you know probably one of the most political sides it was just it's, pretty much straight up racism, you know, it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a white man's sport run by a white man and black people just really didn't have a really good chance. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but again, that's already been said, but sure. we're not going to harp on that. Yeah. So we are going to let people know that how hard, you know, some of the black guys really worked to get where they got to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's people 
Coco Beware and uh-huh. Bobo Brazil and all those guys like that really worked hard. Yeah. You know, uh, and Kamala, you know. Oh, yeah. Really horrible, sad story that is, the guy. It really is. So, you know, and uh, I haven't read his book, but I've heard about it. And, uh, you know, again, a guy just, you know, no one really cares about. Mm-hmm. And that's something, too, how many guys went through, you know, uh, I was talking to someone the other day on one of these podcasts, and we got to thinking about the guys that just laid down and went to sleep and never woke up. Oh, that that's heartbreaking. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. We want somehow to bring you know, uh, a light to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Barry says, and Barry's a very smart guy. Barry says this was, and we saw this on HBO and John Oliver. Um, I saw this just recently. Actually, someone sent it to me. Uh, where death rate in wrestling is like a hundred times what it was, what it is in football. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, John Oliver on HBO, he was comedy just doesn't get it to you. Suggesting to protest WrestleMania for the fans to either not show up or to chant something or do something. But uh, this is the thing is, that's a comedy skit. And when he had everybody laughing, I think everybody lost the, the serious, seriousness of the story he was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But again, at least it was brought up a little bit. People get to be aware of it. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, some people say, and Barry's one of them, if this would be any other sport, if or, or just enough people were to react by writing the Senate or the Congress, that there would be a congressional act done about this. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you got two companies, Ted Turner and um, I guess they call it Titan Sports or whatever yeah. uh, this is, uh, uh, name is. These guys have made a lot of money off wrestling, and there's a lot of stories there that you know that people. Look back and go, God, why, why could this guy been taken care of? Mm. Which is simple things, you know. Mm-hmm. A little uh, health care for some of these guys. Like, I was in autograph signing in the last year, or actually the last six months, twice, with Marty Gennetti. Oh, yeah. And Ma- Marty could even walk through the airport, poor guy. Oh. You know, it's just a, an ankle deal. Uh, but again, I don't know, but uh, we're going to bring a little light to that. I want to also bring uh, in every once in a while, like an independent promoter. Mm-hmm. Um, like a guy named Jerry Bostic, uh, who got a little um, independent deal they're doing there in Oklahoma. They've been doing it for a year, two years. I actually went there last year, did a few shows with them. Really impressed. It was, uh, um, it was sort of a little bit like, of course, one was Wichita, Kansas, and one was El Rey, Arkansas, but they both had really good houses and the people were really there and, and they had a great interest in it. It, it almost, it wasn't like going back, but but it wasn't the future either. It was sort of in between. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but the fans were new fans. And for them not to have any TV and doing as well as they are, yeah, I think that the, the, the things like this new company coming out, or, you know, they're selling out before they don't even have TV. Yeah, <laughs> AEW. The wrestling fans out there, they want to see something. Yeah. And evidently, they're not happy with what they're seeing. You know, with the, the WWE, and yeah. then someone told me today, again for the 15th time, I've heard this in the last week, is where, um, you know, as they're getting the TVs, they're having to rewrite TVs. That's what I've heard. And this is the thing is, when I first went to the WWF, they had an idea what the main event was going to be for WrestleMania the next year. You know, so they didn't know what they're doing day to day now. Wow. But me and 
Dean Barry did. Barry said he taught me, uh, I don't know, couple, um, two, three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, see, you know, they're taking, um, um, I guess you call resumes or uh, asking people to sign up for the writing team. So me and Barry made our resume together uh, to make a really good team together. And I had my own lawyer suited to their lawyer, so. You know, our name's in there. You never know. They might call us if they get, if they get desperate enough. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, uh, and, and the writers and wrestling, too, I don't know if you know this, but as far as creating characters, I'm batting about a thousand. Mm-hmm. I've only failed on one character that I created, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't totally my fault. Yeah. Uh, but when something fails, it's your fault, so I'll take the, I'll take the fault. Yeah. But the rest of the characters I've come up with and did their interviews for, you know, for them, word for word. I know that I know that part of the business, and mm-hmm. and then being being in this part of the business where I know what it takes to you know draw money, how to get someone ready to draw money. Yep. I can take someone, hold their hand, and get them in the position where they could draw money. If it's if they've got all the other you know intangibles, mm-hmm. uh, you just can't make anyone draw money. But I can get someone that could. And Barry's a great writer together. We make a good team. And sort of. You know, so anyway, we did it. We did that as well. Actually, we did a rules rank commercial uh, for Barry. It was a uh, if we won, we were got to go around judging rib contests for two weeks. But I don't think I guess we never heard back from. So I guess we did. Oh, that'd have been fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this, Sid. Um, before we uh, wrap this up, uh, you know, and I'm not sure if this is right what I read, but did uh, the Poffo brothers? discover you or help you get started <clears throat> well what happened was that, uh, again they were there it was uh randy savage lanny uh-huh. Billy jim which was called hardy oh, yeah. there was a local guy named tracy smothers and i love tracy smothers the same gym and yeah. then there's this this goofy promoter that was a promoter from the country singer here in memphis named eddie bond uh-huh that wasn't the promoter's name but he said he saw me he said, hey, man, you're talking about wrestling. I know a guy can get you a message. There's Guy Coffee. But Guy Coffee is actually the, being a guy who worked for the Coliseum mm-hmm. under Lawler. I think he just sold T-shirts. I'm not sure what his name job was. Right. But he brought me up there and introduced me to him. And then uh, the next year at the gym, Randy Savage and, uh, probably, and Tracy's mothers probably was the one that more did the talking. Yeah. Came to me and said, hey, Sid, um, man, you're a big guy. If you want to get a wrestler, don't use that guy. That guy's a, he said, you know, wrestlers don't really have promoters or, or agents. Mm-hmm. He said, get rid of that guy and I can introduce you. And, uh, because they all were working the Memphis Territory at the time. And they introduced me to Tojo Yamamoto and that's how I got in wrestling. Oh, wow. So he he helped train you, Tojo? Tojo did train me. Oh, yeah. man. What a, what a, man, what a trainer. Right, right. Wow. Um, and for those listening, uh, Google that. They throw that in your uh, Google machine and uh, look up Tojo Yamamoto, and you'll see how successful and what a uh, outstanding uh, legend he uh, and the impact he oh, made for yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, as we as we wrap this up, uh, are there a couple of guys that stand off to the top of your uh, at the top of your head that just were you would consider influential and, and that helped you out? Uh, for, yeah, I'd say the, the one guy that really the most instrumental, there probably wasn't a second, was Eddie Gilbert. Oh, um, wow. Eddie Gilbert, I, I got a chance to meet him when I was doing my Marty Marcus in Continental. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he helped me out a lot then, but then all of a sudden he became Booker at WCW. Yeah. And what he what he actually done and and this taught me how to do the be able to do the same thing is that he came in, he saw what it was, he he, he thought one day I'd be a, a really good singles wrestler. Mm-hmm. But he knew, I mean, really I didn't know what really what I could get heat, but I didn't know what really getting heat was. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, for instance, and I didn't really have the psychology down mm-hmm. totally and uh, all this other stuff. So he says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make you a tag team partner. We're going to put you with a guy and they couldn't have picked a better person, Danny Spidey. Oh, yeah. Was, you know, one of the most respected guys in this business and, you know, was right up there with the toughest of the toughest, Dan Hansen, mm-hmm. uh, Bader, and uh, Steve Williams. And, you know, that, that, when you mentioned one of those names, all those names came together. Yeah. And so I, I couldn't have gotten any luckier. And Danny Spivey took me under his wing and, I mean, did everything. I didn't have a credit card at the time. Right. He, he got me from show to show, showed me how to do things. He really, you know, had to probably do more than he should have. Not probably, he did. Mm-hmm. You know, he would, he would take a lot of the bumps to show me, mm-hmm. you know, this is how you get a baby face over during the hope spot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was doing the same thing. And then the next thing you know, we become a pretty good tag team. And then out of that, I came a pretty good heel. Yeah, but that- it all really came down to Eddie Gilbert. Be sure that those things got done. Yeah. Like, Eddie also taught me how to be an opportunist. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, he would see me, say, press somebody from the floor and throw them over the top rope. Oh, yeah. You no, know, he, he thought that was good with everybody. So I remember one house show in Atlanta at the Omni. He came to me, and uh, Rick and Scott Stein was sitting there. Me and Danny were working with him that night. And then he said, so, you know that spot you do? You press people from the floor and throw them over the top rope. Went, yeah, he goes, he said, do it with these guys tonight. Now, see, those guys were hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't want to do what they did, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, yeah. weren't, you know, they weren't like Sting or uh, someone like Sean who was easy to work with. Right. They were, you know, complainers. And so you can't complain when the boss says to do it. Uh-huh. And so that's why I did. So Eddie also took those initiatives to say, okay, now, we can't get over on TV, but you got to get over every night. You know, when I leave this show at the Amarillo or, or uh, you know, Wheeling, West Virginia, that I got over just like I did on TV because this is sort of Eddie's theory behind this was that if you want the same guy in the house show they saw on TV, it was almost being a no-show. Mm. You know, so I learned, again, I just had a great, I was in the right place, right time. Yeah. Met the right, right person. And without a doubt, if I go back and look at one of the best matches I've ever seen, and it was, uh, it's maybe hard to explain, but it was him and, uh, Jerry Stubbs, Mr. Olympia and Meridian, Mississippi. You gotta realize now, he came into territory just newly, really was known as a hill. Mr. Olympia, Jerry Stubbs didn't have any steam or wasn't really over. Mm-hmm. He was under a hood that makes it hard. Yeah. They did 45 minutes and by the time they got to the 40 minute mark, these people that didn't know either one of these people, man, were going crazy. And that, that, I'll never forget that. That's how long ago that was. Wow. That was, uh, First year being in the business. And so when you got someone to tutor you that's that good of a worker and they got that kind of a mind and yeah. he's got that, he's looking at you that deeply. Now he was doing it also as a business too, you know. He wasn't doing it just with me, he was doing it with other people too. Yeah. You know, that he, he thought would have had a chance. But I think, he, I, I believe he, you know, but for what, what he did for me, I could never be paying for. Mm hmm. Wow. Well, man, uh, I was a I, I was a WCW guy growing up, and uh, of course I'd flip it back and forth. But 
uh, you're for me personally, you and WCW and the character of uh, Sid Vicious. I, that was that was my that was my favorite. No well, doubt. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, and uh, we uh, we wish you nothing but the best, man. And I'll be looking for that book, and I'll promote it on our show, and we will uh, promote the podcast. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what the Lord does with you, man. Well, I appreciate you very much. You guys have a good night. All right, Sid. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening to today's bonus episode with Sid Vicious. Like I said earlier, be on the lookout for his brand new podcast. If you are a wrestling fan and you like to hear the behind-the-scenes stories of the business, you'll want to check out his brand new podcast and be on the lookout for his book. We're going to be trying to do more of these bonus episodes, uh, spreading them out. We have a brand new season coming up this fall of Throwback Country Music with some uh, new guests and, and, like I said, some more bonus episodes. So this is just something for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great weekend.